and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. Okay. Sermon timer, so we, as I said, that you know, it's a very simple um, title this morning, The Born Again, The Born Again Life, and it, it is really so important that we have a look at this born again life um, occasionally just to see what, what, what the sort of things that the Lord has asked us to do um, compared to, you know, how we see it sometimes, because each one of us have a very different life um, in, in, in the fact of where we are, what we do, what our jobs are, our families, where we live. It, it, it is very different. And all the circumstances and the situations that we get to, are, are, I mean, are so different. So guess what? Another week has gone by in this world. Ah, our life has gone by by another week. And things are changing throughout the world. And especially we see the changes in our own country. Our own country has some hope at the moment. You know, we're doing, we're doing very well compared to other countries in this pandemic. We are beginning to see a way out of the prison of this, of, of this COVID-19. And yet, all the people are not happy still. We all have our opinions of what's going on and of what others should do. And, and guess what? <laughs> we cannot all be correct. Every person has their own needs, their own plans, their own desires. And, and I'm sorry to tell everyone in the world, not everyone will get everything they want. But our country is amazing, you know. We have a system that does try to help those in need. And yet again, I'm sorry to tell everyone, not everyone will have what they want. Life does not work that way. You know, we're so blessed to be born again. You know, when, 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 when mankind hears this gospel with an open heart and an open mind and sees that it can help them in their life and give them some purpose and some hope, not only that, if the born-again Christians will live that life that Jesus came and died for, it should be that wonderful place of love, forgiveness, learning, change, hope, joy, faith, peace, all those beautiful things that, you know, that will make this, this soul of ours be happy. And all of those things should begin to take over the born-again Christian's life. Yet again, I'm sorry to tell you, it does not take away all the problems of this world. Oh, yes, it would if the whole world changed and became those born-again Christians that God would love them to be. But I'm saying that sorry a lot of times this morning. I'm sorry to tell you, not again, that not everyone will accept this gospel. They won't accept this one God. They won't accept the name of Jesus and everything it stands for. And yet for me, this born-again life has been amazing. It's always, it's always great to look back to see where we were all, you know, for me, 20, over 27 years ago, um, you know, and, and, and look, look, even as a, as a, as a Christian, not, not, not the worldly part, of all the incredible difficulties 
that we've had to go through. <laughs> and listen carefully. The failures, the disappointments, the heartache, the anger, the resentment, the jealousy, and sometimes the sheer confusion that we all can end up in. But you know, there's something that I found. And then I picked my Bible up and began to read. And then I began to see all those people in the Bible that we do read of. They all went through the same problems, tribulations, pain and hurt and disappointment. Every one of them. And some even went through a lot more suffering than we can ever imagine. And still, and still, they kept the faith. For they knew if they carried on, they would be with the Lord one day. You know, isn't that amazing? You know that God knows what he's doing. He's made the world and everything in it and everything around it as far as we know and as far as we can see. He made all the things we can't see also. We don't even know what else there is, but he made it all. He made us, knows every hair in your head, every word you speak, every action that you take and every thought you have. What a most incredible God. You know, it just does not, and what's the saying? It blows your mind of how incredible this God is. And you know, what's beautiful for us born-again Christians? No matter what you've said and what you've done, when you're born again, he wants to help you. Listen carefully. Listen carefully to this. He cannot help if we do not listen to his advice and take it and put it into action in our life. And it's every part of our life, not just the bits and pieces. It's not to take God's promise and say, I want this one and I want that one, but I don't like this one and I don't like that. It's yet, it's, 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 it's not what we should be doing. And he has asked us and told us, advised us and everything like that to, to, to what we should do to receive his promises. It's pretty, pretty simple in one respect. And we must pray and pray. And pray, because he tells us to do, tells us to do that. And because he, he tells us to pray ceaselessly, pray for everything. But, but we must learn of him and begin to follow what he, what he teaches us. Throughout the Bible, God is telling us to listen to his voice. You know, when we, when we see all those things and, and the Old Testament over and over again, he told the Israelites, if you will obey my commandments, then they could have all the promises that God gave them. If they did not, then you can read the punishments for not following God. Now listen, listen, church, I thank God we are in the New Testament in this time of grace you know we we you know we get away with so much um in the new testament that the old testament dear and me they you know the, the ground opened up and swallowed people fire and brimstone hit, you know hit towns and and you know and and people were given pestilences right there and then and people died straight away for disobeying god but we Whew, we born again Christians in the New Testament have the most incredible helper we could ever wish for. We know that God is a spirit. Isn't that amazing? And he's everywhere. And he's promised all of us that we can be saved. And he has told us and taught us and encouraged us what to do. 
especially at the beginning think about this when you weren't saved that when we were baptized into his spirit and he told us about it and he taught us about it and we followed it and, and it is when we receive that spirit that his spirit lives inside us and will continue to live in us as long as long as we stay in his spirit but listen when we step out of his word when we disobey his promises when we go our own way, when we think that we know better than God, then we fail. Our lives get into a mess. We blame God. We blame others. And sometimes we know we blame ourselves. And yes, it is at that time we need to look at ourselves to see why we are in this situation we're in and take the necessary action. It may be repentance. It may be just a change of, of, of direction. It may be, maybe we have to forgive someone, someone, even ourselves. It may be that we have to sever certain fleshy relationships. It may be that we have to change our style of living, eating, exercise, what we watch, what we read, what we do with our time, and how we are showing others our Christian witness. The Bible tells us we are born again into a new life with Christ. So it's not the old life. It's a new life um, in Christ. In, and God wants it to be an abundant life. He's told us that, you know, abundant in many ways. And you, will, and, and you know, we will all have our own thoughts and what kind of abundant life we want. It does beg the question from each one of us. What do I want out of this life then with God what is my purpose of being this born again Christian so what am I doing versus what God wants me to do it's a it's a the great questions for us to, to see what's happening in our life now and perhaps some of the reasons why those answers begin to give us the reasons why some Christians continue to have the same problems as they've always had. The world saying is this, if you always keep doing the same as you've always done, then the results are always the same as they've always been. You know, it's pretty logical. And yet what does this merciful and loving God tell us? And we know this as well. Jeremiah 29, uh, verses 11 to 13. For I know the thoughts which I think to you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you, I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It's so wonderful, isn't it? So he tells us, doesn't he? He knows what he wants for us. He knows what, how, what the goodness he wants to give you. And he, he knows it. No, there's nothing grievous about what he wants, what wants us to do with him. And it's an it's expected end, you know. What does our expected end? I want, I want to go with the Lord Jesus Christ when he, when he comes back for his church. I don't want to go through the tribulations and I don't want you to go through it either. But I want you to be blessed in this world. And so it tells us if we do these things, if we seek him and seek his face, you'll find him, knock on his door and ask him. And, and the, But do what he's asked us to do. Then he'll answer us. 
1 Chronicles 28, 12, 13. It's, this, is, this is the time where, where, where David was given all the plans for the, everything for the temple. Listen, 1, 1, 1 Corinthians 28, 12. And the plans for all that he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, of all the chambers all around, of the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries for the dedicated. And he went on and on and on. He gave a detailed plan of what he wants to do. Well, God has given us the details of our plans of what he's asking us to do for him. You know, and it is so important. That's the word he's teaching us. That's exactly what he's doing with us today. He's given us the the plan for getting what we need from God and what he wants us to do. But Matthew 9, 16 and 17 says this, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. So that's when we're mending clothes because don't forget that I've had to be doing that time and time again. They're not like us today. Oh, well, that's gone. Let's buy something else. Verse 17, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Listen, that's us. We cannot patch this new way of life onto our old way of life. It just, it just does not work. It will not fit. And therefore, this, 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 we are the, the new wine. And, you know, we can't try to fit God's way into our old way of life. And that's what we try to do. Some of us, you know, some born-again Christians try to fit God into our old way of life, their old way of thinking, what they've learned and what they've always done and what they think is best. That's the way, that's the, that, that is the way we were all expecting God to do what we want him to do in our life at that time. And yet, God's expecting us to learn of him and change. We cannot fit God's new way into our old way. We must forget the past and remember we are born again into a new kingdom and new life and new way of thinking and new way of action. And if we are not changing, if we are not changing our speech and our way of treating other people, the way we are at work and, and, you know, and the way we treat God and his teaching, then we are not going to receive what God wants for us in this new life that he tells us. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9 says this. This is Jesus speaking. Though he was a son, yet, sorry, this is about Jesus. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Do you know when we're suffering and things go wrong? It's a huge test of our faith, isn't it? We just want God to take it all away. And sometimes he doesn't. Why? It's so important for all of us. We cannot do this logical thinking about the spiritual things. 
God wants us to learn of him. He wants us to trust him in every part of our life. He wants us to show how much we love him by us learning and then following what he's taught us. That is so important. And of course, the more that we do that, the more that we do those things, the more spiritual we'll become. And remember this, it's only the spiritual people that can understand God's spiritual way. It's why God continues to teach and lead and guide and love and give us mercy and forgiveness. All of those beautiful things so we can learn of him. Okay, let's carry on in Hebrews. Um, so I'm going up to verse um, chapter 12, verses 6 and 8. Um, and man has titled this section here, Spiritual Immaturity. I'll say that as you know, because there was no titles in the original scripts at all. It just ran. There was no numbers either. It just ran through. Verse 12, uh, sorry, verse 6. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. So he's talking about us um, in the church. So some of us ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And that you have come to need milk and not solid food. You know, when we've been in the church for some time, you know, we, we, we shouldn't have to keep going back over the things that we, we should have changed all the time. We should grow. And that means some of these things have to be left behind so we can push forward into the high calling of God. Why? Because verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Let me just quickly, quickly explain this. If we never progress from just having milk as a baby, we would never grow. But as the baby begins to be able to take more solid food, it grows up. And the more he eats, and then, it, then, of course, we know he starts to learn, he starts to learn the things of God, and he grows. And he grows into a, you know, a youngster and all the problems with that. Then he grows up to be you know, nearly an adult. Then he then, you know, get, becomes an adult and becomes a parent. That's, that's what God does with us as Christians, just babes. And then he teaches us. It teaches us to be, until we are, that those wise people that, you know, are now ready to do, you know, be the disciples of God and to follow God in a much closer way and therefore become more spiritual people. Verse six, therefore, uh, the peril of not progressing. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. So there we are. We've got to move away from the milk. We've got to get in to the stronger things that change us. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Do you see what he says? It's not just repentance, is it? It's from dead works and faith towards God. You see, we would not have dead works if we had the faith toward God. We would be lively stones as the God wants us to be. Of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, this is the stuff that we should be doing, of resurrection of the dead, that's what we believe, and of eternal judgment. You know, that's what it is. No matter what anyone tells you, there's going to be a day that an eternal judgment will come. And we're either there or we're not. And this we will do if God permits. But listen for those who fall away. 
For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. No way. If people turned away from God and they say, you know, all these people that tell me they're okay and they've got their own faith, man, they're in trouble. They are in trouble. Amen. For the earth, verse 7, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs, bears fruit, useful for those for whom it is cultivated, receive the blessings from God. You know, we've got to bear this fruit as the, as the rain of the Holy Ghost touches us and flows through us. And, you know, he wants it to be, he wants it to have rivers of living water coming out of us. And when we cultivate what God has given us, we receive blessings from God. But of course, if it only bears thorns and briars, this is just the natural land part, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. So we understand this Christian born again life is producing fruit and, and you know, and, and, and that's part of our fruit of the spirit, but it's not the whole, it's, it's, it's producing and helping God to grow this kingdom because that's what we do. We help him. We're his, we're his, we're his workers in the laboring to make this, this, this church in this world. We all must begin to get the understanding that God is trying to give us. He asked, he, he, wrote, he specifically wrote the New Testament for us today. He says, learn of me, follow me, love me, and love me when you keep my commandments. This is a journey. And all of us must work to ensure we plan to do the things God has asked us to do. And therefore, changing our lives, our thinking, our actions, our speech, our viewing. In other words, the way we live. If not, we stay in our old wineskins. In other words, we carry on trying to do what we think is right for us and those around us. Wrong. It's no good me trying to sugarcoat this. I see you suffer. I see your anger. I see your disappointment, your hurt. And then I also see that you've not put into action what the master's voice has taught all of us. The one who died to save you. The one who sacrificed his life for you took all the scourging, the vileness of the people. They slandered him and tried several times to kill him, yet he died on the cross for you. Yes, you. You to be free from this worldly ways and follow Christ to be his children and to receive all the blessings and promises he wants for us. And listen, what did we do when we first believed? When we heard what we had to do, Yes, we believed and we followed and we followed what? What we were taught from the Bible, what we had to do to be born again. And we received what he promised. It's the perfect example for all of us of his promise happening in our life. Nothing has changed. It's the same for all of God's promises in the Bible. And now we're being taught how to live this born again life. And it's quite Quite simple, really. It is. It's quite simple. We, we have heard the command of God. Or you can call it an instruction. You can call it good advice. But we must take heed 
of what the Lord is saying and put it into our way of life. And I say again, if we don't listen, we will reap the consequences and we will continue to do and receive what, 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 what's always, always done and receive until we accept what God is trying to give us. Hey, it's not just the physical healing. We will always have sickness. We'll all have body malfunctions, especially as we get older. It's going to be accidents, and some natural accidents. And, and of course, we also know now man makes a lot of these problems that we have. It's just our life. But when we die, when Jesus comes back, the body will not matter one jot, one iota in the slightest. No, not one of the three trillion cells we will have will matter at all. It's you he wants to save. It's your soul. It's your spiritual self. It's that person that's inside of this housing of this fleshly body. That's what he's going to take. Incredibly, he will then give us a new body. Perfect. And never to die again and live with him for eternity. It's amazing. Amazing God. That's so such a promise. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18 says this. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. By the spirit and by the word of God. But listen to this for our light affliction. What's going on? It's just for a moment. But it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It is so important that we look at what we're aiming for. Eternity, eternity, look how fast our lives are going. We're whizzing along. Colossians 3, 1 to 4 says this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ do is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You've probably heard the human expression, you can't see the forest for the trees. It means we're so focused on the details of what we're doing and what we're going through, we've lost the sight of this big picture. And it is, it is, times, like, it is times like this that we just need to stop. We need to stop and just look at what God wants to do for us. Look what's happening around us and remind ourselves of who we are in God. It is so important for all of us. Here's the picture, the bigger picture for a born-again Christian. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, your faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Isn't that beautiful? Not of works, lest anyone shall. This is our salvation. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared that we also walk in them. Last scripture. Philippians 3, 12. This is Paul. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, he said, I do not count myself to apprehend thee, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. My Father, help us. Help us, Father, with your amazing word, Lord, to take it into, a, into our hearts, our minds, our spirits, Father. So, Father, we can see this, this amazing God working each one of our lives. Help us to look at this new life and the new way that we should be living. And help us, God. Help us to forget the past and become the people that you want us to become. In Jesus' name.